This is Liberty. And hey, everybody, this is Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC. As you just heard today on the show, we are joined by world-renowned director and choreographer Vincent Patterson, who redefined what it meant to choreograph a modern-day pop concert when he worked with Madonna for her Blonde Ambition tour. Vincent, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me, you, you too. It's very honored to be here. Absolutely honored to have you on our show, for sure. Thanks, Liberty. Before we get down to some questions, let's give Vincent a proper introduction for our audience. Stefan, would you do the honors, please? Absolutely. So Vincent's career has seen him work as a director and choreographer in film, theater, Broadway, concert tours, opera, music videos, television. As a director and choreographer, he's done many works for both Madonna and Michael Jackson. Obviously, as we said at the top of the show, the Blind Ambition Tour in which the film Truth or Dare is based. He did her iconic Marie Antoinette Vogue performance for the MTV Video Music Awards, as well as choreography for both Express Yourself and Vogue. With Michael Jackson, he worked with him for over 15 years. He created The Bad Tour, worked on Smooth Criminal, Blood on the Dance Floor, Black or White, multiple other Michael Jackson music videos and live performances, including the Grammy Awards, the Super Bowl Halftime Show. He's directed choreographed musical sequences in films such as Dancer in the Dark, The Birdcage, Closer, Evita with director (laughs) Alan Parker. Um, He's choreographed several hundred award-winning commercials, charitable events. I mean, the list goes on and on. He also conducted seminars at colleges and festivals around the world. He had a Swedish documentary created about his life titled The Man Behind the Throne and his autobiography, Icons and Instincts, that he co-wrote with Amy Tuft will be published by Rare Bird Books coming this August. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited about the book, you know. Um, At this point in my life, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of pulling back from things. I mean, I have a big project in Europe that will come back. It, It almost disappeared during the pandemic, but big new musical for Europe and I'm so excited about it. But other than that, I'm just enjoying my life for the first time. You know, I mean, it was always fun to be creative and especially with the amazing artists I got to work with throughout my career. But you know, there's comes a point where it's like when you're under that much pressure 24 seven for 30 years, it's kind of nice to just lay back and chill. And I have a nice little house in the Hollywood Hills that kind of feels like a tree house and it's uh it's just a beautiful, beautiful, relaxing life at this point. And now I get to do the things, other things. You know, I work for a lot of charities and and help out younger people. I do a lot of teaching of young kids and 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 just kind of hope to inspire them. You know, to to bring something new and different. And um, you know, Michael said to me once, you know, Vince. We've got to do something that the world has never seen before. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my mantra for working with him and Madonna and everybody else. But 
and I'm looking around at what's going on out there and I'm going, where are the new people? I keep seeing the same things. Come on, give me something new that I've never seen before. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I want to stand up and scream your name. Do it for me. Do it for me. Anyway, I'm, I'm loving my life. Though, so I just want you to know that. <laughs> Well, no, that's great. And we are going to look back on a little bit of your, your storied career. After you had graduated from college, you started working for some reputable artists, Olivia Newton-John, Shirley MacLaine, John Denver and the Muppets, which I was crazy <laughs> huge about when I was a little kid. I Me was too. Obsessed with them. Um, and I got a kiss from Miss Piggy. I'm, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there was a phone call that changed your life and enabled you to begin working with Michael Jackson as the gang leader on the Beat It video and as a zombie in the ever-enduring thriller video. What was the most enjoyable part about dancing and working with Michael Jackson? Well, you know, it was so... For me, I worked with him, worked with him for 17 years and then had a gap and then I saw him a few years later at the beginning of 2000 but from the first meeting it was a a young kid who was walking into a studio with nobody around and no bodyguards nobody stopping him in the hallway it was like oh I think that's Michael Jackson you know but nobody really he was he had just done Billie Jean and that was his first step as a solo artist and it was beginning to make a splash so when I was fortunate enough to get the role in Beat It and I had worked with Michael Peters, the choreographer, for several years already. And uh, when he and I were in the studio with also another co-choreographer, uh, Francis Morgan, or assistant choreographer, Francis Morgan, we were working with a guy who rarely opened his mouth, mm. hardly said a word, was so timid, was so shy, was so adorable. Um, and so I got to see that artist evolve from this shy, quiet guy to this amazing, world-renowned, biggest star in the world, as big as the Pope, you know? Right. It was an amazing, amazing journey. And he never really lost that innocence. He never lost that childness, that, that beautiful honesty and shyness and quietness, although the beautiful thing that happened was as things evolved, as he evolved as an artist, he became more vocal and began to contribute more and talk more about maybe we can do something here. This is how he started with Michael Peters. And then once I got involved, it was the same thing. We would create a piece without him in the room. And then we would usually put it on dancers first. Mm -hmm. And then we would get him in the room. And work with him for a while and see how he felt about it, maybe for a day, two days, and then meld him with the dancers and um, start a house party, baby. Everybody, <laughs> I mean, from the minute he walked in the room, it was a party once he got in the room with dancers. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because the dancers were trying to outdo Michael because they wanted to impress him, because they were so blown away by him. And he wanted to outdo the dancers, because, you know, all he had done before was basically be with his brothers and, you know, do the, a lot of the Motown stuff. So he was excited to learn new work, whether it was Beat It or Thriller, which were the first two projects I did with him. Um, but it was always this fun kind of loving competition, like, oh, my God, Michael's coming in. we got to be more than perfect. And then Michael would go home from the first rehearsal, and you know that he worked his butt off for hours and hours and hours because he would come in the next day and swear to God, he would be as good, if not better, 
than any of the dancers in the room. And these were people who had studied for 20 or 30 years. Wow. You know what I mean? Who were always taking class. And he topped them. He topped them. So it was always a joy. It was always an inspiration. It was always something that brought you to another level as an artist, you know. He had this way of moving when he danced. He 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 turned into the before the music started, I don't it's hard to even explain, but before the music started, he was this really shy, very quiet, hardly raised his voice, didn't really speak loudly, even his movements were soft, and then that move, music would turn on those amp those uh, speakers would start throbbing, the whole room would start throbbing, and he became lightning in a bottle. Right. He would just be charged and i'm getting goosebumps i don't know if you can see this i'm getting goosebumps <laughs> talking about it because i swear when you stood next to him look, look i'm just covered in goosebumps talking about this when you stood next to him and he was dancing you actually felt a charge of energy that would make the hair on your arm stand up it was like nothing i had ever experienced before excuse me before or since it mm. was it was like somebody from another world. It, mm. it was absolutely, absolutely in a mind-boggling experience. Wow. Yeah. And I think that would translate. I mean, most of us, you know, just watch, just as, a, as observers would would take that and feel yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll segue just into about talking about Madonna and with your first experience working alongside her was for the 1989 Pepsi commercial. Yeah. And obviously this was a fortuitous uh, working relationship as you went on to work for, uh, for her with, or with her on the express yourself video, um, on the blonde ambition tour, of course, and her Academy Awards performance of sooner or later, and then the Evita movie. And yeah. so how did you get connected with Madonna? Well, um, I had worked a lot for the director of the Pepsi commercial. His name's Joe Pitka. And I had already worked with him for Michael Projects and also for a lot of commercials at the time. I had already started, maybe I'd done 15 or 20 commercials with him. So when he called me, he said, you know, I got a problem back here. Madonna doesn't want to dance. And he goes, I don't know what to do with her if she doesn't dance. What the hell am I going to do with her? And he, he said, can you come down? I said, okay, yeah, I'll come down. So I went down and hung out for a while. And, you know, she kind of saw me but wasn't paying any attention to me. And, and then the most embarrassing thing for me was, and I was really a much bigger fan of Madonna than I was of Michael Jackson at the time. Uh, and... Um, Joe, she walked by with her entourage, and uh, I tell this story in the book, but I, I, I tell it here. Joe said, Madonna, I want to introduce you to Vincent Patterson. He's, Mike, he's Michael Jackson's choreographer, and I brought him down for the commercial. Madonna looked at me and said, I don't need a fucking choreographer, and walked <laughs> on with her entourage. And I was like, oh, my God, Joe, maybe I should just leave. And he said, no, please don't leave. Stay, stay, stay. Now I really need you here, you know. So I just stayed and I started doing some background stuff for the other people, the extras and dancers that were in it, and just to fill in different segments and areas. And she came down in her whole makeup and, I mean, hair curlers and robe and all of this, and, and I'm looking at the dancers who were facing me and she was behind me which i didn't know and they start stopping one by one by one by one and i'm like okay hello what are you doing here and they were like 
and I turned around and it was Madonna and I said, I'm not doing anything for you, I promise, I promise. This is just background movement, you know? And she said, well, show me, I like it. I think it's kind of really cool, show me what you're doing. So I said, all right, I will. And I did, and I think I had, I have something to show you which nobody has ever seen before. Oh, nice. First time. I took some photos on the set. I hope you can see this. This is when she first started, when she got changed and she came back and she started dancing with the dancers. Is that, can you see that with her in the, right in the front there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. Wow. Yeah. Nobody has this picture. This is a black and white that I took on the set. That's beautiful. It's oh. a beautiful photograph in general. It's and cool, that- isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I would share that with you and your audience. Thank you. Wow. Is that in the book? No, that one's not in the book. It's just private archives. <laughs> Absolutely. Gorgeous. <laughs> Thank so, you. Okay, so you went to on to do the Express Yourself video, which at the time, this video is one of the, or the most expensive video ever made up to that point so what what was her creative brief to you what would she well it wasn't uh actually it wasn't as much madonna's creative brief as it was david fincher Mm. who directed it and um so i sat down with him and looked at the storyboards that he had come up with and you know basically it was a he had he said you know i've never really worked with a choreographer before so um maybe you can go through this board with me and kind of show me where you think things can happen you know so it was fabulous for me because i was able to do so many things with her um and you know we forget we forget what these incredible celebrities were like when they were first starting you mm. know i mean i showed her how to sit in a sit in a divan, a, a lounge chair, and smoke with a long um, cigarette holder. She'd never done that before. <laughs> Simple things like that. Or, okay, crawling across the floor and pouring the milk across your face. You know, so I did everything from that to uh, working with the guys in the underground world. Um, and thank you for that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, you, know, you know, staging little things that people just don't even realize that choreographers do. Like, for instance, when she's in the bed and, you know, and um, and he uh, comes up next to her. Well, she was real nervous about that. She had never been naked around people. And, st- and this was an, all new steps that we forget about, you know. Mm-hmm. So. As a choreographer, I was even involved with that. Okay, let's try to hold it like this for the camera, and when you come in, do it like this, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, she gave me a little problem when I was starting to do the boudoir movement, and um, she started doing everything her way, even though we had rehearsed and, you know, all of that, and she looked fantastic. And then she started improvising, and I'm telling you, honestly, at the time, she really wasn't that great. And so I said to her, Madonna... I'm going to tell you right now, you wanted me to do this project with you. I'm being paid. So I'm going to give you my opinion. If you don't want my opinion, that's okay. You're the star. I'm just here to help you out. But the movement that I created for you is really a lot better than what you're doing. I just have to be honest. You look so much more incredibly sexy, beautiful. Your body looks great with what I gave you. Why don't you try that? I stick with it. And she was like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I will. And she did, and we, excuse me, we know the result, and it was fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was also so wonderful to have the opportunity to work with her early on, you yeah. know. When, again, like Michael Jackson, when she was really becoming Madonna, you yeah. know. Um, 
that that's the true joy for me because I'm a director as well. And, you know, when I speak to singers or dancing singers or whatever, celebrities, and I, I'm able to talk to them as a director, and this is what looks better for you. And if you move your body like this, the camera's going to hit you like this. It's going to be much better. And she listened. She wanted to learn. You know, she was like a sponge. She soaked up everything I told her. And it was a joyful, joyful experience. Yeah. And I, I, that, I think that period of time was when Madonna was sort of being launched into the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Blonde Ambition, the tour, was a huge part of that launching it's blind ambition is known as like the pop concert that became the blueprint for every pop concert to follow did you know you and madonna know how revolutionary the tour was going to be at that time well yes and no i mean she was kind of desperate because she had hired somebody else she told me she wanted me to do it and then she hired somebody else and then the circumstances did not work out. She had done a lot of, they'd wasted a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Nothing got done. And then she contacted me. Would I come and do it? And we had some tough negotiations. And then I said, uh, okay, yeah, I, I will. And I came in and on the first day, um, I went through the whole opening number, express yourself and created the whole opening number in one day. Wow. And then it was kind of insane because I had like, Three weeks to do 18 pieces from scratch, from scratch. It was absolutely insane. But she was so uh, determined to make this tour happen. Because as you say, what people don't remember again is Madonna was there with a couple other people floating right next to her. There was Janet Jackson. There was Sade. There was Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, and it was and Madonna, and they were all like, uh, somebody would get a hit, and somebody else would get a hit, and then the Blonde Ambition tour happened, and baby, this thing went, boom, and yep. there she went, and yeah. she became the queen. What can I yeah. say? Yeah, it's it's so true. And which number of or which part of that show do you think showcases Madonna at her best, or at her best at that point? Well, you know, the interesting thing was, um, I'll show you something else I have. Um, This is actually in the book, but when Madonna came to me, she had a set list. And this is her set list. Uh And then my notes are on the set list. Because she had a certain thing that she wanted to do. And when I came in, I said, no, 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 no. And the biggest change was Vogue. She Uh had buried Vogue. In the middle of the show. Yeah. And I said, Madonna, are you kidding me? No, no, baby. Vogue closes the show, you know, before the encores. She goes, do you really think it's going to be that big? I said, it's going to be huge. Yeah. So she said, okay, all right. Um, I'm going to get back to your, your question in a second, but, you know, I brought in a lot of influences to her I, I introduced her to a Middle Eastern the music of a Middle Eastern woman named Ofer Haza and who had just done the beginning of kind of world music with a beat and you know Madonna had some other ideas and then when I would come in with ideas if they were better she was really open and uh, at first she wanted to do uh, like a virgin for instance like Joan Jett with a guitar and there. And I said, mm-hmm. take this piece of music and listen to this piece of music. Cause I have an idea in my head. And, um, 
Then she heard it. She came back and she came back, she came back into the room and she said, with a little bag, and she said, look what I have, look what I have. And she pulled out the cone bras. And baby, <laughs> that was it. I said, okay, in the number, they're in the number. My original idea was to put the two guys at the top of the bed with trees in their, like tree limbs in their hands. Like they were pieces of furniture, pieces mm -hmm. of the bed that would come to life, you know. Yeah. But when I saw those bras, oh, no, 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 no. Those bras had to be in the show. Yeah. What part do I think most depicted her? That's a really tough question because when I asked her at the beginning, what's the name of the tour? She said, Blonde Ambition. And I said, okay, then you know what? This is going to be all about the blonde's ambition. So we sat down, we talked about all the things that were important to her from the videos and things like this. What did she want to extract? What did we want to create new? Mm -hmm. We came up with this church section. We came up with sections, basically. We thought of them as acts, you know, different acts of the show. And each one was really a different part of her personality. You know, yeah. the opening was all about her having fun, being crazy, you know, doing the fist fight boxing match with the girls, you know, just being nuts and, and, and having so much fun. The, the church section was another whole thing. My background long ago was Catholicism as hers was. And so we had a lot to talk about there and share and come up with ideas that really meant something to both of us. And then there was a whole section, the Dick Tracy section, that we did crazy stuff with that, more vaudeville, more yeah. kind of old Broadway kind of crazy things, and her being a chanteuse on a piano, and just insane stuff. And, uh, you know, and then winding up basically with the Tamar de Lampica, which she had, the pa she had that painting in her apartment. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that painting, I was like, oh, my God, that's gorgeous. We need to do something. We need to put that. And she goes, well, how about behind Vogue? Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. <laughs> so that's what we did. I, I think I'm going to say I, yeah, I can't. There is not one. She was all of those people, you know. Mm -hmm. And she, in that in that show, she really put herself as an individual character into every different segment, so that the person that was like in the curlers and the, the robe, like she was in express herself when that was what, how that came to, to be. Um, she was that character. And then you look at her in, um, you know, the closing, you know, where I wanted it to kind of be like clockwork orange. Yeah. And it worked out so well. And the way the stage was designed to have those one by one, the dancers and the singers drop through the bottom of the stage and leave her alone like that. I mean, it was magical. I mean, sometimes when you're creating, you get inspired just by what's around you. You know, mm -hmm. you have ideas, but then you're, you're working with amazing collaborators. So you, they inspire you too. And, yeah. and I think, I think she would say the same thing. I think that both truly, truly inspired each other on that show. She would come up with an idea. I would come up with an idea. I would come up with an idea. She would come up with an idea. It was a lot back and forth. I guess my favorite part was the church section, hmm. uh, you know, the religious section. I just thought it was really beautiful and I really loved it. But, you know, I, I really loved the whole tour. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm in love with everything I do, but 
I, I loved that tour. And I loved that she was brave enough that we really did, as you said, and thank you for that compliment. We changed the face of pop tours. We, we changed the face of pop tours. I mean, big sets, dancing, costume changes. Uh, it, it, was, it, it was nothing had ever happened like that before, truly. Yeah. Well, and, just um, even the, the structure of the, the way the tour was, was put together with the different acts, everyone yeah. repeats that now. Like, you can't go to a concert without seeing the different acts and the different, it's, here's, a, here's this section, and then there's that section. And yeah. um, one of the, my favorite things, which at the time when it was happening, I didn't know was, was up to you, was you, you did this in the, the church scene during, uh, I believe it was like a prayer, or no, Papa Don't Preach, when the whole entourage of her and the dancers would like shimmy their feet back and forth and they'd all move. <laughs> and then you did it again in the Marie Antoinette Vogue performance where they were all fluttering their fans and they were all sort of just, and it, it just looks like they're hovering across the stage. And that was always one of my favorite moments when madonna would do that with the whole entourage so thank you for doing that because as a little 15 16 year old high school kid i was just like tripping out over that wow i'm so that's so nice that you remember that i love that little section and i can pat myself on the back i've seen it stolen and that's okay it's a compliment so you know (laughs) (laughs) well and, and that section specifically is so high drama um, you know, there's just so much uh, emotion that you. I mean, you're taken on that cathartic journey, as she as she called it. Um, but but really, in that section, there's just so there. It's hard not to be in tears. Just so beautiful. Well, oh, father was just so beautiful with Carlton. Yeah. I mean, he was so gorgeous, and the two of them together, her with that blonde jet. You know, blonde, blonde, blonde hair, and him with that beautiful jet black skin, and ju- uh, I mean, the combination of those two dancing together was just, you know, absolutely breathtaking to me. Just the physical image of it, the picture mm-hmm. of it, you know, yeah, so beautiful. I, I agree, and you know, I'll I'll talk. Um, I'm just going to kind of jump a little bit to okay. soon to sooner or later uh, at the Academy Awards because there, you know, she's she is solo, which you can. You know, I've heard her her in interviews say talk about her nerves. Um, but what okay. was what was the inspiration for that particular number? Um, and I know you know having been from Dick Tracy, but the look and and the whole um the choreography what was the inspiration behind that number well basically what happened was um yeah, she called and said, I'm going to do this, and I don't quite know what I'm going to do yet, and uh, you know, I don't think it should be with any dancers or anything. I said, no, 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 no. This needs to be just you, you know. And I said, you know, there have been so many comparisons to you and Marilyn Monroe. Why don't we just push the glamour showgirl? Let's just mm-hmm. push it. Let's push it in their face. You know, that's what I love. You know, if they're going to if they're going to ridicule or mock somebody for stealing or whatever, then, you know, let's just turn it around on the critics. Let's turn it around and make it even better. Yeah. So that was so exciting. And the fun part was we rehearsed in a little studio. It felt like we were back in the some dingy nightclub in the 50s or something, you know, because we rehearsed at this little studio on Vine Street. We had like a just a drummer and a piano player in there with us and it was dirty and there was just tables all around and shit it was just messy and you know and we just had so much fun putting that together and 
you know, and, and, and getting into the stripper attitude part. And she was like, I don't know, Vince, am I really going to do this stripper kind of stuff with my boa? And I said, are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. Link Skull, you mean? Absolutely. You are girl. Um, and I guess you saw, if you've seen it before, that she lost an earring. I love that mm-hmm. part where she, it, it dangles on her hair and then she just chucks it into the audience. Oh, my God. I think it was from Tiffany's. You know, it was like it was, that earring was not just a prop. That earring was probably worth, like, I don't know, $300,000 or something. Uh, wow. Anyway, I'm sure she got it back. <laughs> but she was nervous. She was really, really scared. And I'll tell you another fun thing. I was sitting behind Sophia Loren. I was in the audience. Wow. And when Madonna came up with her back to the audience in that dress that went down, you almost saw the butt crack, you know? Yeah. Sophia Loren, I heard her go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Sophia Loren. So Absolutely. Like, oh, my God. You know, I'm glad that I made her gasp. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I also think, like, what you did with Truth or Dare and the pop concert tour, I mean, I think up until that point, Oscar song performances were really an event. And now, after, you know, like, you saw Madonna, and she sort of, like, put her stamp on that number. And it was like, okay, I'm going to tune in next year and see if the Oscars do something like that again. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, because people's tails were wagging when Madonna did that. And oh, yeah. it was impressive. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And she was forward. there with Michael. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, people are like, they know how to create a moment. That's for sure. <laughs> that uh, was one of the rare moments they had together. You yeah, know. yeah, I know. Um, fast forwarding again. Also, you worked with Madonna on Evita. Mm-hmm. She was secretly pregnant at the time. Obviously, there must have been challenges with having to choreograph her because the, they were filming so out of sequence, depending on where lo, what location yeah. they were in. I know the costume people had a nightmare. Did you have to do a lot of reworking of the choreography? Um, well, it, it didn't happen till after we left Argentina. Mm. So, you know, she wasn't pregnant at that time, or at least she didn't know she was pregnant at the time. Nothing showed. She mm-hmm. was just dancing her heart out through everything. And um, we had to go to Budapest because... We had to shoot the exteriors, and Argentina, where we shot all the interiors, where they had original milongas from the 20s, was absolutely perfect for us. Mm-hmm. But the, the other thing about uh, Buenos Aires is that you've got an incredible old classic building next to a, a tall glass skyscraper. So you can't really shoot anything exterior. So we went to Budapest. When we went to Budapest, that's when she found out she was pregnant. Uh, and um, got really nervous at first. She was really nervous. She was talking about, you know, maybe maybe your assistant should be my dance double. Right. I said, no, 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 no. I don't believe in dance doubles, Madonna. I mean, if I have to change the choreography, I'll change the choreography, but we're not having my assistant, Kim Blank, stand in for you. That's not going to happen. So um, anyway, that's I modified a little bit, but you know, in the end, she wound up once she put that dress on and those heels on. She came back to me. We were we'd already kind of staged it in the space that we were doing, um, and it was when she was in the long white dress, the beautiful yeah, tight, gorgeous, white, almost nightgown kind mm-hmm. of slip, beautiful thing. Oh my God, it looked like melted cream or something. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful, and. Um, you know, once she put that on and she put those heels on, she said, Vince, I, I think I can do everything. 
So I took the things that I had altered for her and modified and put them all back in. And she did a beautiful, beautiful job, you know. And then we went from there to London, and we kept shooting in London. Uh, but she didn't really have to wear anything there that was as revealing as that white dress. Right. That was really the most revealing outfit of the, yeah, of the whole entire movie. You can't hide a hat in front of that white dress, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really. So you worked um, with Michael Jackson on his Super Bowl halftime show um, that has made has actually credited this this uh, as a performance that made the halftime show the event that it is today, uh, and seems that you've got a history of launching uh, <laughs> concerts and, and performances into a stratosphere, uh, and giving us that you know something we've never seen before. And did you walk into uh, the the choreographing uh, of the halftime show thinking? that exact thing? Like I want to give them something they've never seen before. Well, I, I always try to do that. I mean, just in general, you know, once, once I started choreographing for Michael, um, and he said that to me, it was just kind of a mantra that lived with me every time I go into a studio to create anything, you know, what can I do that to give the world a surprise, something that mm. they've not seen before in any way, you know? And, when I was called by the um, Michael and I went in for a meeting with him and Don Misher, who directed it, um, Michael had Michael didn't know if he wanted to do it at first. That mm. was the interesting thing because he wasn't into sports, he wasn't into football, and he didn't know about that. And and Don said, "But you know, the Super Bowl reaches." all around the world. People are going to see this that you'll probably never go to their country to perform. Right. Yeah. And well, when that happened, Michael was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Let's yeah. do it. So I had so much fun because again, Dom was so open. Don Misha was so open to my ideas and the, what I wanted to do and the creativity. And I had that idea about knowing Michael loved children. The thing about the cutouts of the yeah. little kids yep. going all around and, that was so exciting in rehearsals just to have all those people there and before the show started and, um, and practice that once. And I, I stood there with that little um, baton and went around in a circle and watched them all do it. And I felt like the, the most amazing magician in the entire world, you know. And, uh, and I knew Michael loved it. I knew Michael was going to flip out over that. Um, but, you know, when you're working with people like Michael and Madonna – Especially at that time, you know, I, I come from I come from the theater world. So I was an actor and a director first before mm -hmm. I started dancing or choreographing or anything. So I was really about stage and theater as opposed to just uh, choreography or movement or dance or something like that. Right. So I was always about creating a show you know, that had a beginning, a middle, and an ending. It just didn't go one after the next, after the next, after the next. And Don Misher was so open to everything. He was so wonderful. And it, even at the beginning when I suggested, okay, you know what? There's so much going on about people impersonating Michael. Let's take advantage of it. So at the very beginning of that, you've got one impersonator way high up by the, the jumbotron, excuse right. me. And then on the other side, you have another, on the other side, there's a Michael Jackson impersonator and, you know, he's up there and then boom, Michael Pierce in the middle. So, yeah. you know, it was just those kind of fun things that we always tried to do as well. But yeah. it, we did always try to do something different. 
whether it was with Madonna, whether it was with Michael, it was that's what it was about. And I think that that was really one of the reasons, besides their unbelievable talent, that gave them this longevity. Yeah. You know, and 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 with Michael gone thirteen years now, and you know, I still get adults on Facebook sending me videos of their young two year and three year old doing steps from Smooth Criminal or Thriller yeah. or something, you know? I mean, still. Now, these kids weren't even alive when he was alive. It's, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's an amazing phenomenon. It's yeah. an amazing phenomenon. Absolutely. Well, cool. so tell us about your book. It's a, it's a book of stories from a, along your career. What prompted releasing a memoir now? Well, um, I have a... I don't have the copy of my book, but this is this is what my book will look like. So there was a Swedish documentarian uh, named Shesti Grundich, and she had been after me for about 10 years to do a documentary. She was a documentarian. And I kept saying, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And um, that's why she called it The Man Behind the Throne, because uh-huh. you know, I never had a publicist. I never wanted to do that. I, I enjoyed being the guy behind the throne. I enjoyed being the one who created the background magic that pushed them out into the front and made them help them to become even more successful. So I, a lot of people thought that, well, a lot of young kids, especially, they think that you can just make it like that. And sometimes you can, but I came from a really, really poor background and, you know, along the Delaware river, the oil refineries, I never saw a dance concert. I never even saw a piece of theater. I mean, you know, we had plays in high school and I did that, but that was the extent of it. And they were like ridiculous things like hip, hippie, hooray. I mean, they weren't like, you know, long day's journey into night or something. So uh, I wanted, I started there and then hard work, dedication, focus. These are the things that drove me, drove me, drove me. And I really wanted to, write, I had in the back of my mind always, I wanted to do something to share my experiences. So Shesty had done this documentary called The Man Behind the Throne, and it aired at the, uh, it showed one night at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. And my co-writer, Amy Tofty, came up to me and said, you need to write a book. And I said, I'm not a writer. She said, have you ever written anything? And I said, well, you know what? I traveled all around the world doing all this kind of work for everybody. And I usually do it by myself. So I always wrote journals and she said, well, let me read some. So I gave her a couple of my journals and she said, you're a writer. And she said, and I'm a writer. I said, if you want to come in with me and really kind of guide me through this, then I'll do it. So we worked on it for several years and, you know, we did, there were so many stories to tell. I didn't know which ones were the most important. So at first it just wound up being a lot of dance. And then Amy said, no, 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 man. You've you've directed the first original production of Cabaret to be done in Berlin. My God, you've got to write about that. And I did that in 2004 and it's running again this summer, the same show. It's the longest running show in the history of Berlin. Oh, wow. Dancer in the Dark. Mm -hmm. I, I, I came onto that project. Lars von Trier invited me to come on as the choreographer. Then I was looking for um, this one character who was supposed to dance with Björk at the end of the week and 
hadn't a rip, hadn't arrived. And I said, Lars, I need this guy to work with. And he, he, I, he said, oh, Vincent, I found him. And I said, yeah. And he puts his arm around me and he takes me over to the big mirror and he goes, here he is, Vincent. I said, Lars, no, 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 no. I don't want to act. And I, no, 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 I, I, I'm done with that. He said, no, you must, Vincent, you really must. I, I, I thought I wanted a different kind of character, but when I watch you in here with Bjork, I, I, you're the one. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And then on top of that, he had this crazy idea of shooting all the dances with 100 little mini DV cameras. And so they would all be set up. I would create the dance. And basically what we would do is they were all plugged in to... I'm just going to for simplify it and say record. So what would happen is just before the music started, we would press record. All 100 cameras would start at the same time. They were in their positions and they would do the dance from beginning to end. No new setups. We never had to change cameras, lights or any of that stuff. It was a total revolutionary way of working. Mm -hmm. But what happened was Lars decided as well that he wanted to do the main camera work. So he didn't have time to do both. And he said, Vincent, you're a director. Why don't you take over the 100 cameras? So I wound up choreographing, acting in, and directing the, uh, all the dance sequences with 100 cameras. So oh, wow. it was so exciting. And I wanted to write about a little bit about that because mm -hmm. people come to the entertainment world from so many areas. And because I've been so fortunate to direct film, to direct theater, to direct concerts, to choreograph commercials, choreograph um, pop tours, choreograph that whole concert evenings of concert dance, dance. Um, and Broadway and movies, I thought, you know, this would be interesting, not only as my stories telling people what these wonderful celebrities are like behind the scenes. And for the most part in my career, they've all been really wonderful people. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share that because, you know, the press is sometimes so sensational. They always want to pick out the bad stuff all sure. the time. And it's not that I'm, you know, salami, salami, baloney to everybody, but you know, when people are wonderful collaborators, I respect it and I want to share that information. So there's some real fun stories about, yes, Madonna, yes, Michael Jackson, yes, Bjork. Um, but, you know, also stories that talk about being an artist and what that means and, and things to not forget. Don't lose perspective on your way, you know, that, mm. you know, take your time, be honest. Don't, don't trample on other people to get what you want. It will happen if you're dedicated, if you're talented, and if you persevere, it can happen. And that's basically what I wanted this book to be about, you know, a, a, a real positive reinforcement that's, that basically says it can happen to you too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just me. It can happen to you too, you know. Oh, I'm and, excited to read it. Well, I've been very happy with you know, the few people that have read already, you know, have come back and said, oh my God, you know, I love this, the way it's written. I feel like I'm sitting across the table from you. I feel like I know you, Vincent. And that was my goal. That was my goal because that's the kind of person I am. I'm you know, just kind of down to earth. I'm the man behind the throne and, you know. 
Uh, wonderful. All right, well, before we let you go, every guest on our show gets a little something we like to call the lightning round. It's just meant to be quick, off the top of your head, wherever you're at. Oh, yes. Gosh. Break, crack that fan, Vincent. Crack that mm-hmm. fan. There you go. Uh, what is your favorite Madonna song? Frozen. Ooh. Uh, now, see, I thought you were going to say something from Blonde Ambition. You're well, already you know, surprising me. It's between, I'll tell you, I love Frozen just because of the nature of the song. Mm-hmm. But when I put on a song to dance, it's usually nothing really matters. Yes. Mm, so good. I, and I work out at home every day, and almost every day, nothing really matters is on that playlist. So a good one. You know. uh, favorite Madonna music video? And yes, it can be one that you worked on. <laughs> I think I'm going to say Frozen again. Oh, yeah. I just loved that. I mean, there was something about that that just haunts me. It mm. haunts me, you know. In fact, yesterday I saw, um, I, I saw something reminded me of the video, which is so funny. Uh, I, I was driving home and there was a painting, a graffiti painting, and it was a man standing there and all of these birds, black birds, were flying out of his body. And I was like, oh my God, that reminds me of Frozen, you know. <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, favorite Madonna tour, and yes, this can also be one you worked on. Yeah, it's got to be mine. I've seen a couple others, and look, she's always great, and Jamie King does a great job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes the first is always the most memorable. Yeah. And, you know, like, I know my mom, I'm the eldest son. She goes, there's something about the eldest, there's something about the first <laughs> child that, I don't know, I hate to say you're my favorite, I would never say that, but I can just say there's something about a first child. Well, that was my first child, really, and yeah. uh, my first big child. Yeah. Uh, favorite Madonna movie? Well, you know, did she direct it or that she was in? That she was in. Well, I thought that she should have received the Oscar for Evita. I really do. You know, first of all, I, I was attached to that project through three different directors. Wow. And, you know, I mean, it was going to be Meryl Streep at one time. It was going to be an unknown at one time. And then it got to be Madonna. So I was so excited when Alan Parker, and it was Alan Parker that asked me to do it, not Madonna. Uh, not that she didn't want me to do it, but sure, sure. it was up to the director, and especially when you're dealing with somebody as famous as Alan Parker. But um, I just, I know how hard she worked on that, not only on the dancing. I mean, I got her to take really specific classes from the major tango dancers in Argentina, you know. Mm-hmm. She did that. She took these private classes from them because she wanted to be perfect. But she took acting classes and vocal classes. She worked her ass off for that movie and i was so upset that so many people just kind of dissed her because it was madonna you know made absolutely no sense she really should have received the academy award for that film yeah i i i don't think i saw many people do that role on broadway nobody did it as well as she did nobody nobody. well i saw the revival with uh i think it was ricky martin and I walked out of there, went home, and I had to listen to the Madonna soundtrack because yeah. I was like, I got to get this Broadway sound out of my out of my head. Well, you know what? I, I, I know we're going through the lightning round, but um, you know, I felt bad for Ricky Martin because I really like Ricky Martin. I have sometimes I find directors are nervous about talking to big celebrities, and I have a feeling I don't know who directed it. I'm sorry about that, but 
And I don't mean to, to diss that person, whoever it was, but I feel like nobody really directed Ricky Martin. Mm. I felt that he could have done a better job if somebody just took him under their wing and said, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Instead of just being Ricky Martin on tour. Right. You know? Yeah. So anyway. Uh, last question. Favorite Madonna look? And this can be from a video, a tour, a photo shoot in person. Oh, my God. Well, all right. I have to say, without a doubt, that I love this. Yeah. yeah. Marie, Antoinette, Marie Antoinette Vogue performance. That was just something that, you know, nobody had done. And it just hit me. And, you know, when she decided that, yeah, let's do it, I was so ecstatic about it. Um, so that look was really great. Um, I love the little black pixie haircut thing that she did Ooh. earlier than that. I thought that was a really sexy look. That yeah. kind of tomboy sort yeah. of thing. I thought that was really cool and really sexy. And uh, I mean, she always looks great. You know, she's had probably a lot of stuff done. Who they, Everybody <laughs> does at that point. Now look, when you have to appreciate, you know, when you're in the limelight like that, you look, we all, we all do it just as ourselves. We look and we go, oh my God, look at my chin. Oh my God, look at my the fat on my arm. Oh my God, look at this. So you can imagine when every single person that you run into is looking at you like uh, as if you're under a microscope. Yeah. You're going to probably get some work done. Why not? Yeah. You know, my God, everybody wants to feel good and she works her butt off to keep that body in shape. So you know what? Keep it going. It's fine. I think she looks absolutely beautiful now too. You know, with that long blonde hair, I think she looks so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah. So, well, everyone, that is our show for today. And we would Aww. love to thank Vincent Patterson for this um, conversation. I don't, I've, I've, I've been in almost tears several times, very emotional, <laughs> just, um, just because the impact that your work has had is just phenomenal. So we thank you. And as a fan, good job. <laughs> oh, thank you, Liberty. That's yeah. really sweet. You can find Vincent online at vincentpatterson.com and on Twitter and YouTube at uh, Vincent Patterson. And on Facebook, I'm on Vincent Patterson. And on uh, Instagram, I'm VLPLA. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MLVC Podcast. We're on the web at MLVCPodcast.com. You can donate to the podcast on Venmo at MLVC Podcast or consider becoming a patron subscriber to help keep the show going. Patron.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. Vincent, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. This is amazing. Everyone, his book is out uh, in August. Do, what's, do you know the exact publishing date? Uh, well, it comes to Rare Bird Lit, which is the publishers, in the middle of August. But the big official uh, pub date is September 13th when it will be out on Amazon and and Barnes and Noble, I think uh, Target, all those kind of outlets, you know. But it's called Icons and Instincts, and um, it's about working with icons and trusting my instincts, you know. So that's what it is, and I hope I hope people enjoy the journey. And I really have enjoyed this time with both of you. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. Thank you, and we thank, thank you for you. coming on the show. This has been an absolute privilege. Thank you so much. Yes. Take care. <laughs>